We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Tuesday night was the first Knicks-Nets matchup of the season, and it lived up to the hype despite being down a few times, including by as much as 16 points. The Knicks roared back and made it a close one, just losing by two with the head coach and star player questioning the officiating. Hello and welcome to the putback with the Begley Live. I'm Chris Williamson alongside SNY NBA insider Ian Begley. Joining us this afternoon is two favorites of the putback, Marcus Gradney, a.k.a. M. Grads of our grad school segment from season one, making his season two debut and, of course, CP, the creator of Knicks Fan TV. We're live on SNY's Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages, as well as streaming on SNY.TV. As always, you can get involved in the comments section throughout this entire stream. We're going to tip things off now with the baseline of Ian. And our last show, Monday, we previewed a four-game stretch, starting with the Lakers, followed by the Suns, Hawks, and Nets. And the Knicks end up going 2-2 two and two in that stretch and played the Nets very close last night. What do you think we learned about this team in that stretch? Well, I think one thing you learned was with that starting lineup, Alec Burks fits pretty well. And that's why the Knicks decided to make that change, Alec Burks, for Kemba Walker. And in a big picture sense, I'm looking at Julius Randle because I think you're going to see his usage creep up now moving forward. And if you look at some of the numbers, one I found interesting was when his usage hit a certain number around 15 uh, and above, the Knicks had a pretty good record when it was below 15. The Knicks record wasn't that good. That was true as of late last week. So I think you saw more of that over the past four games. And I'm wondering how often we'll see the ball and the offense go through Julius Randle now with Alec Burks as the starter. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because we saw him have success, you know, that kind of point forward 
action and led to a lot of baskets for this team. And CP, when you look at this four game stretch, would you define it as successful or did you want more out of it? I think it, it went the way I expected it to, you know, coming off a tough loss in Chicago, they, they come back home and, and uh, play hard, play tough against a, a Laker team. And, and, you know, for the most part, they were up by almost 20 points or, or over for most of the game. So uh, I thought they did a good job there. The Suns game, I, I really wasn't expecting them to win that game. We're, we're just not in an, even in the same league as the Phoenix Suns right now, who just had another impressive win over the Warriors. And then look, we, we go down to Atlanta, second night of, of a back-to-back, uh, hold that team who's averaging 120 points over their seven game stretch uh, to 90 points, you know, and, and a quote unquote rivalry game in Atlanta. So I thought that was a big win for them. We got to see the new look lineup with Alec Burke starting at the point guard. He would finish with 15 in the third quarter, which was big for us as well. And then look, last night we go into Barclays center, tough night, tough third quarter, but they clawed back. They, they found their groove, got some intensity there and uh, you know, just lost at the free throw line. So overall two and two stretch. I'm okay with it. Yeah, and the great thing is that, you know, when Tibbs made that decision to change, you know, Kim out of the starting lineup for Alec Burks, sometimes, you know, maybe it was too fast just after one game, but Burks had a great game against the Nets uh, last night. And Marcus, when you look at the fact that the Knicks have lost to some second division squads, they've defeated some tough competition, two wins over the Sixers, went over the Bucks, Bulls, Celtics, Lakers, and Hawks. Can they compete with the class of the league, or do you still think they're trying to get to that upper level? I mean, Knicks fans, I'm not a favorite with, but uh, I think that they have the tools to compete, you know, like um, I think they're a very good squad. And what Julius said last night about the refs telling him he's too big uh, um, to be too, too physical, excuse me, down there for the guys to play with. It's just like, they said that to Shaq and like, um, that is going to be he's going to be ref differently now going forward. I'm glad he said that, but I think that they they can compete. I think they need to play quickly more. But I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Knicks fans. Don't don't kill me, Knicks fans. Okay, I haven't watched a lot of the Knicks games. Kill so. him, Knicks fans. Kill him. <laughs> I, I love how Derrick Rose is playing. Um, yeah, but but uh, I just think that like I was kind of hesitant with the Kemba Walker getting uh, benched, but people are saying that he doesn't play any defense. So I mean, but like I understand it, but uh. But um, um, yeah, I think uh, I think the Knicks can compete. They got a great young talent, a great young core. I mean, Julius is a, is a monster, so I think they have all the tools to compete. You know, and they're and I mean, as much t- as much slack as I give Tibbs, he's a he's a really good coach. I just be you know, I just think Monty won should won Coach of the Year. That's all. Hey, I mean, both of them were great candidates uh, for, right. for last year. What they did with their with their squads, and once again, you can write your questions into the comment section, no matter what platform you're watching on, we'll get to them throughout the show. Uh, and speaking of Kimba, Ian, what went into the decision to take Kimba out of the rotation? And more importantly, what does his future look like in New York now? Well, for that first question, CP, you know, the Knicks are saying that it was a defensive thing um, by and large. And with Alec Burks, Tom Thibodeau said that he feels like Burks can help them on the defensive end, that starting unit. Uh, because he's a versatile defender, he's got good size. It allows them to switch more often on pick and rolls. I think on the other end of the floor, there were issues that the Thibodeau is not really talking about. And it really, to me, came down to Kemba Walker and Julius Randle. You know, they couldn't really coalesce on that end. And, and you saw the inconsistencies, inconsistencies, excuse me, from that starting unit uh, night in and night out. And, and something had to be done. 
So Tom Thibodeau did it, made a tough decision to take Kemba Walker out of the rotation for now. With regards to this future, I mean, listen, no one on this roster is off limits in any kind of a trade. So I think you start there with the Knicks. And now understanding that Kemba Walker is not in the rotation, he's under contract for the rest of this year and the following season. You know, he is a, an obvious candidate to be moved if the right deal comes along. I know there was a speculative report about uh, the Knicks uh, having some interest in John Wall trading for John Wall and having Kemba Walker be a part of that deal. Uh, no one I spoke to uh, yesterday, at least, saw any traction to those rumors. They didn't see anything there at all. So, you know, things can change. But I think that's where things stand at the moment with the Knicks and John Wall. But I think if the right deal comes about, the Knicks would move Kemba Walker. I don't think they would do so, though, without his blessing. I think it would be something where he would sign off on a trade and then it would happen. Yeah. And what's crazy is, you know, a lot of people hope that Kimba would be able to find, you know, his fountain of youth coming back hometown, you know, to the Knicks, but uh, he gets to the, he's not able to produce. And so now he's out. And I know Marcus, you haven't watched that many Knicks game, but what's your reaction to the Knicks? You know, I won't say bailing on Kimba, but giving up on him a little bit, um, you know, so early in the season compared to last year, what we saw with Alfred Payton, I know it was a little bit different because he's a better defender than Kimba. Well, <clears throat> Alfred Payton's also six, five and very long like yeah. he, as a defender. He just said, um, but I just, Tibbs don't mess around. Like that's all that shows me. Like he wants to win and he don't care. Like it's, it's humbling playing for Tibbs because he doesn't care how much money you make or anything or where you're from. He's just, if you're not doing it, I'm gonna go to the next guy. Cause you know, and um, I was shocked. I was very shocked. Um, but if you're not producing according to Tibbs, like next man up and it's just like, he's trying to win. So if he feels that Alec Burks is better as a better role, um, fits a better role for him than Kemba does. I mean, you know, like you can't, what are you going to say? He's the coach. So, I mean, I don't think it should have been done, but I'm not the coach, you know? And I mean, like I said, I haven't watched many Knicks games this year. Sorry, Knicks fans. I watched last night and yeah. I'm, I'm, they did my boy Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Robinson dirty. Okay. That wasn't a foul. Like, but you know, it's Mitchell Robinson and it's the Nets, it's TNT, you know? So, um, but I mean, with the, what would happen if Kemba was in last night? you know, with the lead and everything. So, like, I'm going I'm to start watching more Knicks games. Sorry, Julius. But I'm just thinking, like, Tibbs, don't, don't mess around. If you're not producing, he doesn't care who you are. Like, yeah. plain and simple. And he yeah. plays guys 50 minutes a game, so it's like, good luck getting back into the lineup. <laughs> yeah. He does not waste any time when it comes to those minutes, man. He will no. He will pull you uh, – you know, he'll make sure you're gassed and you get all your, uh, your effort out there. Uh, so, CP, you know, going off of that – we saw what Burks did against the Nets, led the team with 25. Is he the best option in your mind to start games at this point? Well, you know, first of all, it was tough to see Kemba being taken out of the rotation. Obviously, I wanted to see a success story there with the hometown kid coming back. And who knows, maybe he gets a shot later on. You never know what could happen with injuries and, and uh, you know, a lackluster play. But you guys know Burks is my guy. And even though I would have leaned quickly in that role because I felt like quickly is really on an uptick as far as his playmaking is concerned. Burks, he, he can handle that position. He's more of a break class point guard an emergency point guard. As I would say, we used him in that role last year, Philadelphia used him in that role in the bubble. He can get the job done for you. I still think the playmaking is going to be, you know, primarily on Julius's hands. 
And then you have Burks kind of playing off of him, which you saw in that first quarter. You know, Patty Mills did a good job putting a lot of ball pressure on Burks, taking the ball out of his hands. And Julius was really the primary playmaker for a large part of that first half. Burks ended up with, with nine points in that first quarter. But overall, you know, Burks is a bucket getter, man. Last 10 games shooting 48% from three on a healthy six attempts. That is going to be his primary role. And ultimately, the true point guard on this team, make no mistake, is still going to be Derrick Rose. And in the closing situations, you're going to find where Rose is going to be in that role. You may have Rose and Burks playing off of each other like they did last night. Rose found Burks for, for two clutch assists in that fourth quarter, two of his nine on the game. And so I'm okay with, with Burks as a table setter, but ultimately I think it's going to be in Derrick Rose's hands and Julius as a primary playmaker, especially in crunch time. And, you know, since you're on that topic, uh, Ian, Julius was very complimentary of the way Burks played last night and how he fit into that lineup. So how much do you think the starting five is going to come down to who works best with Randall? I think that has to be a big factor, right? Because Julius Randle's here, at least for the next four years, you know, unless you talk about trading him. He's your guy. Uh, you got married to him when you extended him. So it's on you to Steel. put him in the best position to succeed uh, possible, and it's on uh, the organization to fill out the roster in that way. Now, I'm not saying everything you do has to revolve around Julius Randle, but if you're going to play him, you know, 35-plus minutes, uh, you want him at his best. You want the group at his best. You're going to have to factor that into decisions. The thing that I wonder is how much now do they revert back to 2020, 2021, when so much of the offense went through Julius Randle? I think earlier this year, you saw Kimball Walker coming off a lot of ball screens and you didn't have that as much last year. You had it going through Julius, I think, a little more frequently. So I wonder if you revert back to that now with Alec Burks. I think you saw some of that in the Brooklyn game. So I think you will see more of that. And, and for Randall, you know, it's on him to, to just play better. And I think he knows that. He holds himself to a very high standard, and, and he holds himself accountable whenever he talks to the media. Uh, so I think he knows he has to be better. And I think this lineup change will bring out uh, a better Julius Randall. Yeah, it seems like so far, you know, he's been able to, you know, tap into another gear that we're used to seeing from him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, a lot of great Knicks content up on SNY.TV right now. Ian Begley with a recap of last night's reaction to the officiating, plus Mark Malusis and Sal Akata argue that the Knicks had the bigger performance last night in Brooklyn, so check it out. And uh, let's go to Derek Rose now, who is having a great second at with his career, even after all the injuries. When you think about the second unit, Ian, 
you think about youth, but you can't forget, forget about Derrick Rose being a big part of it. 16 points with nine assists last night against the Nets. Are you surprised by the way he looks and performs at this point in his career? I'm not just having kind of spoken to him a lot since he came back to New York. And it seems like he's, he's fully uh, aware of where he is in his career, what he can and he can't do. And he's fully invested uh, in, in being on the floor and being the best version of himself. And that version right now is uh, surprisingly, maybe not, not to him, but to some Rose observers, how good of a shooter he's been. Uh, especially early on this season. I think his percentages have dropped a little bit more recently, but he can consistently uh, knock down that three-point shot. He's a threat from out there. That's not something you saw from Derrick Rose early in his career. And beyond that, being a table setter, he, he also is a calming influence, I think, on the group, particularly the young guys. Uh, they listen to him. They learn from him. So he's such a valuable piece uh, of what this Nick team has become under Tom Thibodeau and Leon Rose. And I think he's blown everyone's expectations out of the water with regards to what he's done on the court for this team. So a huge plus uh, for Derrick Rose and for the Knicks. And you, you look at him long-term, he's here at least for another few years. And does he continue uh, on the ball? Can you make him off the ball, move him off the ball with Emmanuel quickly. There's, there's different ways you can play him. So it'll be interesting to see how Tom Thibodeau uh, works his lineups around Rose moving forward. Yeah. You can't imagine, you know, where they would be if they didn't have Derek Rose coming back for this season, because he just adds another element that they especially need specifically with the point guard position to be able to score and facilitate. And Marcus, considering his injury issues in his first stint, in New York, what's the significance of him being a big part of a competing team at this point? I mean, Derrick Rose is, a, I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer. I think, I mean, he's a great player. He's, he's the, the, how do you say? He's the veteran's veteran. So, like, he commands the locker room when he walks in here. Because I remember when he was on Minnesota, um, that's what the guys were saying, even with Jimmy there. Like, they still, like, point guards and everything. They all went to Derrick Rose, you know, and it's like, I've always they've always said that he's a great great he's very quiet but he's when he speaks everybody listens and he's a great leader I mean and if you watch him play yes he's lost explosion but I mean he's just below the rim now yeah you know where usually they used to be dunks now the reverse layups and you see that layup he did last night when he came yeah. through and I mean come on like you, he still shows you glimpses and it's like it's just not the dunking so people think he's falling off but if you watch his his, his skill has increased because it had to because he lost the athleticism so like you're talking about his jumper being good and everything like that but Derrick Rose is going to be will always have a place in the NBA because of who he is and how he commands in the locker room and guys love him I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Derrick Rose ever <clears throat> he's just one of the good one of the guys in the NBA that everybody loves you know yeah so and he's very yeah he's I mean he's, a, he's still a great player like I mean he's still got he's still He's just above, he's just below the rim. That's all. Yeah. yeah. And he's the good thing about that, or the important thing about that is, you know, I think his IQ has gotten better and mm -hmm. he also knows how to handle the game in better situations because he doesn't have that athleticism that he once had and he can still be, you know, a great player. And CP, you obviously were impressed by D Rose last night. Mm -hmm. How much do you think Rose helps the youth around in that second unit? 
Uh, I mean, Ian and Marcus hit it on the head, you know, the calming influence, the locker room presence. We saw that, especially last year. He's an extension of the coach out there. He gets guys going. You know, how many times do we see when Obi's leaking out on transition? Who's passing him that ball? It's Derek Rose. And that's why it's important to keep those two guys together in the rotation because of Rose's impact on that team. I also feel like, you know, having quickly play off of Rose also helps quickly because we, we know quickly's primary strength is that three point shot. We, we need him to let it fly. Rose found him for a big one in the fourth quarter last night. So, you know, Rose is a guy that not only helps the second unit, but he's a guy that takes pressure off of Julius, which I think is very important until we can get that true one, a superstar Rose and crunch time is a guy that we can rely on. We can trust. He can come up in, in pressure situations, 16 points, nine assists, no turnovers last night coming off of his, off, off of an ankle injury. He was exceptional last night. No question. Yeah, very, very impressive. And since we're on the topic of point guards, Ian, uh, Bags48 is asking, will they have quickly start at point guard soon? I think you roll with this lineup for a while with Alec Burks as your starter. You don't make a move of this magnitude if you're Tom Thibodeau and then, you know, judge it game by game and, and think about inserting quickly. I think you're going to see Alec Burks there for at least the next five games. And if the Knicks fall off a cliff, uh, offensively or defensively with that starting five. Maybe Tom Thibodeau makes a change, but I, I think this decision wasn't made lightly. It was made based on an evaluation of the first 20 games. And so when you put that much thought into a decision, when there's that much at stake with that kind of decision to take Kemba Walker out of the rotation, I don't think Tom Thibodeau is going to tweak that lineup in the near future. Again, if something crazy happens, he could, but I think he's set with Burks right now and he wants to see how that looks. Yeah, you got to give him time to, you know, mesh with the the first unit and see what he does. Don't you don't want to have him on a short leash if he has a bad game and then you're switching things up and it just creates a lot of dysfunction. But be sure to watch Geico Sports Night all night, every night, starting at 11 on SNY. The show has plenty of Knicks news, sound and discussion throughout the week, plus highlights and post game reactions following every single game. We have full coverage of Thursday's game against the Bulls. So be sure to watch all night, every night, starting at 11 and airing throughout the morning. And Marcus, the Fishers are asking, we have 17 draft picks now to 2025. That's average four picks per year. Basically, a new set of Grimes, McBride, Sims every year for four years is OD. Uh, we need to trade a package picks, package of picks for a stup- superstar. Do you agree with that? I mean, <clears throat> what CP said was a 1A superstar because I was thinking like, I understand, now I see what he's saying. You need like top, top tier player yeah the Knicks have the the pieces um to trade um my question is and I know I'm gonna get killed for this because Knicks fans think I hate this this kid but I don't but like would they be willing to trade RJ Barrett right would they be because they're gonna have to put in a a pit a piece to get a superstar you know because I know they're probably not gonna trade Julius which is not gonna happen but they're gonna have to willing to be part of something to get a superstar that level I think um I mean, you guys got a lot of draft picks. I don't – I mean, you guys can – there's always something that can be done. Like, who doesn't want to play in New York? So, I'm just saying, like, can stuff be done? Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, because if you get a point guard, Derrick Rose is going to play in the fourth quarter anyway. So, it's like, what do you guys really need? You need a point guard, or what do you guys need? Do you need Do you need a, a wing? Like, right. that's what I'm saying. Like, what are y'all looking for? Because it's a lot – and with Julius, it's like you got to get a guy to play with Julius. So I'm just saying, like, it's not like Julius is, is a bad player, or, or but 
it's just he, the way he plays, you got to get guys who know how to play off that, somebody who can make his job easier so he can score more efficiently, you know, without taking all the dribbles and stuff like that, and where he can mainly be a post player. Sorry, yeah. Julius. You know, I've always told you since high school, you go to the, you're unstoppable on the block. Nobody can, nobody can mess with you on the block. But um, great player. But I'm just saying, like, what do you guys – there's a lot to take into, in here because it's like if you bring in another superstar – is he going to coexist with the guys already there, especially a Julius Randle who knows he's a superstar also. So it's like, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it could happen of course, because it's New York, but I just, it, you just can't trade for somebody just because they're a name with, especially with the Knicks, you know, you got to see, can it work? Is everybody compatible? You know, does this person, is this person's ego going to come in and, t- and, and ruin everything? Because Tibbs don't, <laughs> Tibbs don't give a single, you know what, about who. Yeah, he got no so, time for you. Yeah. He's like, he ain't got time for that. So <laughs> are you going to buy in? Or that's it's just a lot more than just saying, let's go get whomever from, you know what I'm saying? It's from this team. It's like, you got to, there's a lot to go into it where some guys can come in and just fit right in. It's like, there's not too many Kevin Durant's out there. We can, you put them on any team, it's going to work. Like, there's not yeah. too many guys like that out there. So. Yes, you guys have the packages and the, and the all the, the to, to make a to make a move, but don't make a move just because the move is there to be made. Is what I'm right. saying. Yeah, the fit with Randall is such a big uh, to mm-hmm. me. It's the top issue if you're going to trade for somebody major like a Lillard or somebody at that caliber. You have to think about um, how does how does this player fit above to the side of Julius Randall, and how does that work? Uh, long-term. And, and so I also think, you know, who's available right now, uh, Marcus and, and, and CP. And you look at Ben Simmons, you know, he's obviously available. Damian Lillard, he has expressed his loyalty uh, to Portland, although teams are still continuing to keep an eye on that situation, especially with the investigation to Neil, into Neil O'Shea. They're, they're, they haven't, they're, they're taking Damian his word, but they're also keeping an eye on it. And then obviously, you know, Kyrie Irving. And so do any of those players fit the Knicks well? Do they fit uh, Julius Randle well? I think, you know, the, the Ben Simmons prospect is going to be there for the Knicks uh, just as it is for every other team. But there, I'm always looking for a lot. And you also look across the river when you talk about trades because, you know, Kyrie Irving, the Nets are continuing to be open to listening to trade talks with her uh, involving Irving. And so that's something you monitor, especially as you come up on December 15th, which is the date when teams can include free agents they signed over the summer in trades. And then bigger picture. Uh, I know the Philly Inquirer mentioned this a couple weeks ago uh, with James Harden being on Philadelphia's radar. And the Nets were aware of this even before that report, the idea that uh, Philly would be a suitor for Harden if he does explore free agency this summer. So then, you know, you're looking at a scenario where James Harden didn't sign the extension with the Nets before this season. And I know financially he could make so much more money as an unrestricted free agent re-signing with the Nets. But if things don't go according to plan, I think Philadelphia certainly has its eyes on James Harden as a potential free agent. Then you're looking at a signing trade scenario, uh, Ben Simmons, maybe James Harden. So uh, there's a lot that's kind of out there that's kind of being discussed in potential scenarios among Teams around the league, but those are a couple to keep an eye on. Hey, can I can I say something? Sorry to cut you guys off. Yeah. I mean, let me just yeah. give you all CP. My bad, CP. No, let me give you all a, a, a exclusive here. Okay. Uh, oh. Through my sources, uh, I've been told, and I and it's, I'm sure this is going to get rebuttal. Uh, but it's trust me, I've been told that that uh, my sources that James would be well well open to leaving to going to to Philadelphia. 
like yeah. very much open to it. And I, I know I'm going to start. I've been trying to tell people that Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant would work perfectly, but it's meant by an argument and the person is arguing knows what he's talking about. So I, I'm not, I can't say he's wrong, but I just think that Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant would be so scary, like scary, like, like, and, and it's an argument where he can't shoot, but there's so much more he can do. Like, you wouldn't need to play center on defense, KD, in the playoffs. Like, you can put Ben right there. Like, there's a lot Ben can do that people like, he can't shoot. Well, yeah, we know this. He's scared. We know this. But I still think that KD will be will space the floor out. You just give Ben wide open legs. It's like, it, I'm sorry. I just think Ben, I still think Ben Simmons is a great player. Like, I haven't given up on him. Like, I'm, what is going on in Philadelphia? That has nothing. To, that's just, I'm like, never mind. That's just. That, yeah, that's not a talent thing. You know what I'm saying? That's more right. of a. I don't hurt. think him and Joel work, to be honest. I'm sorry. I think, I think James and Joel would work. I think Ben and KD would work. But that's just, that's just me. Like, I think that would be it's a lot scarier than people think. And if Kyrie comes back, you put Kyrie in. Hear me out. Hear me out. You put Kyrie at the two guard. I think he'll be just what Allen Iverson said. If you play me at two guard, I'll lead the league in scoring. So that's what I think. That's how good Kyrie is. So it's like, you know, and that's another shooter to open the lane up for Ben. I just think it'd, it'd be crazy. That's just me, though. That's me. Yeah. And, and, and pe- people say I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a silent agent, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing. <laughs> I'm not working for anybody. I'm just. I just think that Ben Simmons is, is is really. And I and people say what they want. Every team in the NBA would want Ben Simmons on their team, except Philly. And look. Sorry. Marcus, that source reporting, but Harden and Philly, your sources. I mean, I think the Nets are aware of that too. The idea that oh no, they're they're one hundred percent no. They they're aware of it, so it's just something to keep an eye on as we move forward here. Yeah, and uh, another guy whose future is up in the air. CP is Mitchell Robinson, and we're a quarter of the way through the season. So, how would you evaluate him now? Because I feel like he shows a lot of flashes, but the weight that he's put on may be a disadvantage because every time he goes up for, you know, a block or a dunk, he comes down and he starts limping and it, it just worries me about his long-term future. But how do you see it? Yeah. You know, block that's, that's, that's my guy, man. Shout out to Mitchell Robinson. It's, it's been a tough year for him so far. Is the weight an issue? He certainly looks like he's laboring out there a little bit. Doesn't really have that same um, spryness, that same burst that he had in, in previous years when he was a bit lighter. Uh, is, is it the injuries? Is it the foot? This is the ankle. You know, he's always having these these knickknack knickknacking injuries. Every game he goes down, you have to like hold your breath. So it, it's been tough to see. He himself has admitted that he's not at one hundred percent. So I want to give him a little bit more time to see how, you know, he recovers and, and gets back up to speed, has some chemistry within this lineup. But on the plus side, you know, he, he still tops of the league in block percentage at 3%. I think that puts him within like the 86 percentile. And he's still up there in, in offensive rebounder percentage, which we saw last night as well. You know, got the Knicks a lot of second chance opportunities. So I still think there's areas where, where Mitch can continue to help this team as he continues to get up to speed. And then Tibbs has decisions to make because you have some flexibility there with Obi if you want to go small. You know, we saw in crunch time where that lineup of the three-guard lineup, Julius and Obi playing in crunch time, Obi wasn't too happy to come out of that game. Yeah. 
Gibbs went back with Mitch. So you have some flexibility there, but overall, you know, it, it's been a mixed bag for Mitch, but I want to give it some more time un until we uh, decide what the future holds for him. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when we get to the halfway point of the season or three quarters, then we'll have a better sense of, you know, where he's going to be and, you know, how much input or how much uh, productivity he's going to give to this New York Knicks team. And Ian, finally, what should be the Knicks' number one goal for the month of December? think you want to see that starting five defend much better than it had been. So I think it's, it's sorting out the starting five and, and trying to get the group to perform with some level of consistency. You didn't see that over the first 20 games and that's what they're looking for with this lineup change. And we'll see if the decision works out uh, the way they hope it does. Yeah. Knicks fans certainly do uh, because they need that starting unit to play better and especially in the third quarter, but that's going to do it for this week's edition of the putback with Ian Begley. Our thanks to Marcus Gradney, as well as CP of Knicks Fan TV. Great insight. As always, guys, we're back to our classic format next Wednesday. The episode will drop at 4 p.m. on SNY.TV and across all social platforms. For Ian Begley, I'm Chris Williamson. We will see you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.